the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right good morning welcome to the rowdy maglai show on monday morning edition guys where we play the winners from the deadline room on monday mornings and we've got a lineup what a race in atlanta fellas and ladies uh the cup race kind of started out kind of shaky, wondering what kind of race this was going to be, but what a photo finish at the end, three racing for the finish. I think it was probably one of the most exciting moments uh, in NASCAR there in a long time. What a finish. Uh, congratulations to uh, Daniel Suarez and Trackhouse for getting it done at the very end. You know, it, it, it truly was one by inches and a couple of feet lost. So uh, Kyle Busch finishes third by about 18 to 24 inches. He was finished in third. Uh, Austin, oh, man, I tell you, what a finish. It had everybody on the edge. It's been the big buzz. It's what we needed. It was a finish that we needed. So the way we're going to roll today, is uh, we're going to start off with Daniel Dye in the truck series sitting on the pole. First uh, truck pole he's got. Uh, great future in Daniel. Got to spend a few minutes with Daniel. Uh, he's going to be on the show pretty quick, probably within the next week. Uh, looking forward to having Daniel back, back on the show. And, uh, guys, we're going to start with Daniel. It's like a little three-minute and 35 seconds, and then we're going to go to Kyle Busch winning the uh, truck race. A lot of people, you know, why is Kyle down there? Well, hey, look, if I was Daniel Dye, I'd be right on Kyle's back bumper to watch how he drives a truck and see if I could pick something up from him because he definitely is a champion. Mr. Daniels, if you have a question for Daniel, raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start there with Doug and then go to Chris. All right. Hey, uh, Daniel, Doug Turnbull from PRN at WSB Radio. Just, uh, can you talk about your run out there? It looked like some of those trucks were on edge for sure. We saw a couple of them almost cash it in. Do you feel like yours is more torque for the, the handling or the speed there on truck 43? Yeah, Doug, I don't know. Um, I mean, you can stand out there and feel the wind. It, it's really windy outside today. Um, that first run that, that put us in the round two, um, bouncing all over the place, just the wind darting you, and you get a real good run down the backstretch. Uh, but that was a part of it, and, and the surface is wearing out already a little bit, um, so that might have been a part of it. But we were we were definitely more stuck the second run. Um, I, I don't know if maybe that was because the tires were warmed up um, a little bit, still had some of that heat in from that first lap. Uh, but whatever it was, it was fast enough to sit here and talk to you, so it's good, exciting. Go next to Chris. Chris, my catch I'm Danny. You got your first pull in the books. Now, what's it going to take to get your first win? Yeah, Chris, I don't know. Um, good thing, you know, having both of two MHR trucks starting in the front row. I think Tyler qualified second. Um, and all of us, uh, you know, between myself, Christian, Tyler, uh, Jack, and then obviously Grant with the alliance we have in relationship with that team, uh, it's good to have five of our trucks in the top ten. So, um this race seems to have a little less movement 
than Daytona, so if we could get together and kind of control uh, the front of the pack, that'd be nice. Um, but yeah, hopefully just put one of our MHR trucks in victory lane, and yeah, I wouldn't be upset if it was a 43. I'm surprised what? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, so it's, it's a cool story. Like, so you move from GMS and you, you have the same crew chief and most of the same equipment. And, and Blake, my crew chief, talking about how excited he is, how we're going to be fast and all that stuff. And you see it in a football team. Like, if you get four new good players, you, you, get, you have a good trade season or whatever, your football team is going to be better. But it's weird in a race team. Like, I, I haven't been around enough to see that. Um, so I told him I'm not, I'm not going to be excited, any more excited until we get to the racetrack and we're faster. Uh, made round two at Daytona and got the pole here, so I'm, I'm excited. So I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly probably yeah, pretty surprised that we got it this quick, uh, that we got it at all. Do we have any additional questions? We'll go to Bob Pockers. Um, Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. Do you feel any additionally prepared for this race after getting time in the Xfinity car last week? Yeah, uh, my 10 Xfinity races are, are going to be really nice for just having seat time, um, not having a whole lot of National Series starts, uh, and being able to add additional ones is going to be really nice. Um, just having something different and being put in different situations, you know, Josh Wise and with that program that he has likes to throw us in different, uh, you know, situations. So it's it's good to have something different in your brain, and, and it might lead to, you know, you being more comfortable in situations. So, yeah, I think so. Thanks, Bob. Any additional questions? Well, Daniel, congratulations on winning the poll. Good luck tomorrow. Thanks, guys. For Daniel, if you have a question for Daniel, raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. Don't know what that's about, folks. Start there with Doug, and we'll go to Chris. All right. Hey, uh, Daniel, Doug Turnbull for PRN at WSB Radio. Just uh, can you talk about your run out there? It looked like some of those trucks were on edge for sure. We saw a couple of them almost cash it in. Do you feel like yours is more torque for the the handling or the speed there on truck 43? Yeah, Doug. I don't know. Um, I mean, you can stand out there and feel the wind. It, it's really windy outside today. Um, that first run that, that put us in the round two, um, bouncing all over the place. Just the wind darting you, and you get a real good run down the back stretch. Uh, but that was a part of it, and, and the surface is wearing out already a little bit, um, so that might have been a part of it. But we were we were definitely more stuck the second run. Um, I, I don't know if maybe that was because the tires were warmed up um, a little bit, still had some of that heat in from that first lap. Uh, but whatever it was, it was fast enough to sit here and talk to you, so it's good, exciting. Go next to Chris. Chris, Dan, you got your first pull in the books. Now, what's it going to take to get your first win? Yeah, Chris, I don't know. Um, good thing, you know, having both of two MHR trucks starting in the front row. I think Tyler qualified second. Um, and all of us, uh, you know, between myself, Christian, Tyler, uh, Jack, and then obviously Grant with the alliance we have in relationship with that team. Uh, it's good to have five of our trucks in the top ten. So, um this race seems to have a little less movement than Daytona, so if we could get together and kind of control uh, the front of the pack, that'd be nice. Um, but yeah, hopefully just put one of our MHR trucks in victory lane, and yeah, I wouldn't be upset if it was a 43. I'm surprised what? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, so it's, it's a cool story. Like, 
so you move from GMS and you, you have the same crew chief and most of the same equipment and, and Blake, my crew chief, talking about how excited he is, how we're going to be fast and all that stuff. And you see it in a football team, like if you get four new good players, you, you, get, you have a good trade season or whatever, your football team is going to be better. But it's weird in a race team. Like I, I haven't been around enough to see that. Um, so I told him I'm not, I'm not going to be excited, any more excited until we get to the racetrack and we're faster. Uh, made round two at Daytona and got the pole here. So I'm, I'm excited. So I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly probably yeah, pretty surprised that we got it this quick, uh, that we got it at all. Do we have any additional questions? We'll go to Bob Pockers. Um, Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. Do you feel any additionally prepared for this race after getting time in the Xfinity car last week? Yeah, uh, my 10 Xfinity races are, are going to be really nice for just having seat time, um, not having a whole lot of National Series starts, uh, and being able to add additional ones is going to be really nice. Um, just having something different and being put in different situations, you know, Josh Wise and with that program that he has likes to throw us in different uh you know, situation. So it's it's good to have something different in your brain, and and it might lead to you know you being more comfortable in situations. So yeah, I think so. Thanks, Bob. Any additional questions? Well, Daniel, congratulations on winning the poll. Good luck tomorrow. Thanks. Now, been joined by our race winner in today's NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series race, Kyle Busch, driver of the number seven Chevrolet for Spire Motorsports. Um, congratulations on that win. You came came there or came on there at the end. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts about that race um, and, and having the opportunity to go to Victory Lane with Spire Motorsports. Yeah, there was definitely some moments there of uh, some tense action, especially there with a couple to go and the, the nine truck having a flat and me hitting him and me getting hit and turning sideways, both of us, and somehow hanging on and being able to make it out of that corner uh, straight and onto the finish, you know. So um, just had a pretty good truck, a really fast truck, felt good about it. Um, our Chevrolet was fast and Made some, was able to make some good moves. We got in line with a couple of our other Spire teammates and, uh, and our Alliance team, and to be able to work our way on the bottom lane, it seemed like we were kind of only only the one to to do that. Um, but we tried it again later in the race, just couldn't get it done. So um, all in all, you know, proud of everybody to, to, at the shop to build fast trucks and to come out here and to score another win. Uh, Atlanta, you know, I've won here tons of times with Billy Blue and KBM and, and now Spire, so feels pretty cool. All right, we'll go ahead for questions. We're going to start with Reed. Reed Spencer with NASCAR Wire. When you got the lead from the nine, um, were you pretty confident being out front there with the trucks behind you, or were you worried that they might gang up on you? No, I was definitely worried they were going to gang up. Um, you know, you, you just never know, but um, Majeski ended up being a, a pretty good uh, wingman back there, if, if you will. I'm, I'm sure he was trying to build runs and, and make moves and stuff like that, but he wasn't going out of his way to be crazy or do anything, um, you know, that, that was going to cause chaos, I guess. But overall, you're always worried about that. Um, there was a couple times, I think it was, we got by the nine and three and four, and then we went down the back, and I got a big push from behind, and everything was all really accordioned up tight. And I thought they were going to make a move into three right there, and they didn't. And then we all kind of started to progressively just spread out over the last couple laps a little bit. And uh, never felt them get back to my bumper, but they were always close. 
Kyle, you've won at Atlanta a couple times already, and a lot of other champions and, and great drivers have won at this track. What do you think it is about this track, especially now with you know the recent reconfigurations that have you know yielded such you know strong winners, especially you coming to the Truck Series and getting a win today? Yeah, I mean Atlanta's um, one of the one of if not the fastest racetrack on the circuit. You know, unrestricted. Um, it's definitely gotten that notoriety since 1997. Um, you know, with the 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 pole of, of Jeff Bodine. So, um, you know, it's sometimes when you run around here, I remember the early 2000s, mid-2000s when we were qualifying here at night, and, man, just the, the roar of the engine and the speed that you were carrying, this place is pretty intimidating. So um, great, great fun place to race. Um, I'll still say I enjoy the old surface more, um, but we got what we got here now, and um, hopefully the fans enjoyed a good show. All right. Any additional questions for Kyle? All right, they're gonna take it easy. Oh, we got one more. Okay, we'll close out with the question there in the back. Yeah, Alfred Romero, Southern Race Week Radio. Uh, let me ask you: When you're not having to race on a Sunday, like instance today, you don't have the pressures of, you know, racing out there on a Sunday when it's the Cup Series. Do you feel a bit more relaxed? Is your attitude and your, the way you drive when you're just doing a truck race, is it different than when you're getting ready for a Sunday race? No, because. Um, you know, when I lose a truck race, I'm probably more mad that I lost a truck race because I'm supposed to win the truck race. So, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely, I don't necessarily take this as a vacation day still going to work. You know what I mean? It's um, put, the, put forth the effort. You're out there trying to do a job, and you want to solidify that by winning and going to victory lane. So um, got a great group behind me that allowed me to do that and um, gave me this chance. So it was a, a fun day today. All right. Congratulations again, Kyle. We wish you the Thanks. best of luck tomorrow. All right, guys. Kyle Bush uh, bringing it in victory lane there. A lot of people say that's uh, beating up on some young talent, but the young talent gets the experience of racing with a professional who knows how to get the job done, guys. Uh, different attitude than he had with uh, JGR. Uh, M&M's, but just to be over here with uh, cheddar, it had been nice to get those free cheddar today, but we're going to move on to the Xfinity. Look, this kid is going to be some more cup driver when he gets there. Jesse Love led the most laps. It come down the gas mileage at the end with a caution extended. If it had went to green, it would have been over. He had won the pole and swept, he would have swept the Xfinity. No doubt. He, he he dominated. I'm looking for great things. He he was a ARCA champion, 10-time winner last year. Moves right into Xfinity and acts like he's been a – skips trucks, basically, and acts like he's been there the whole time. A lot of guys just struggled to, to, to win a pole, and Jesse, it comes easy for him. So here's Jesse Love. Atlanta Motor Speedway in the NASCAR Xfinity Series by Jesse Love, driver of the number two Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing. And Jesse, we made this announcement a little bit earlier before you came in um, to the room here, but you become the first driver in the NASCAR Xfinity Series history to win consecutive polls in their first two starts in the series. So congratulations. Thank you. You can go for three next week um, in Vegas. But um, tell us a little bit about that run and um, what you're looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, obviously it's really cool. I'd say to to I think you know we've broken one or two records now. So um, I, you know these qualifyings, these speedways, there's a little bit the driver can do. But the biggest thing is it just speaks volumes to how good our team is. Um, everybody knows how good Danny Stockman is, and 
our car chief bug him they all click together really well and our road crew is, is just phenomenal so it's just a pleasure to drive those race cars and uh you know to get wheel and engineering in the spotlight really early is awesome so my goal is to hopefully get locked in the playoffs in the first you know five or ten races and obviously we have another good shot tomorrow night so uh, i think i learned a little bit of a lesson at daytona of with how fast our car is um you know, I can probably take my time a little bit more than, than other guys and, and still get to the front pretty quickly. So um, I'm going to implement that tomorrow night, hopefully win the first stage and and uh, and get some, some more playoff points and points in general. Um, but after that, just kind of take my time and methodically get to the front. I feel like last week I was just a rabid dog trying to get back to the front. So um, our cars are really good leading, and that's probably why. Uh, but they handle really well, too. So. Yeah, it's awesome, and we have another good shot at tomorrow night. All right. We'll go ahead and go for questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll work to get a mic to you. We'll start in the back with Doug. Hey, thank you, Jesse. Doug Turnbull for WSB in Atlanta and for PRN. Uh, you, you talked about trying to fight through traffic after winning the first stage at Daytona last week and winning the pole. I know these tracks are different, but they have same similar characteristics, and, of course, you're brand new to the series. So what, what did you learn about what the cars – can take and can't take, especially in the pack, with how twitchy as they seem to be, at least to us watching on TV. Yeah, they can't take a, a monster push when you're stacked up like it was last week. But um, I'd say this week, you know, they're, they're definitely more on edge, but the pack's also a little bit less less tight than it is at, at, uh, at Daytona and Talladega. So where you kind of lose something in the fact that you're just more on edge here, um, you kind of gain back in the fact where the, the pack's a little bit more spread out and the gaps aren't quite as tight. So um, at least that's just from what I've seen. I could be completely wrong tomorrow night. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I'd say my car, with as fast as it is, normally you kind of lose some handling with that, with that speed being that trimmed out. And for whatever reason, it, it, it drove really good at Daytona, and I was able to move around. And I think that was kind of why I made really aggressive moves early was because I know, you know how much grip I have and how much stability I have. So... Tomorrow, I'm just going to try to err on the side of caution until it's, you know, crunch time. Uh, but at the same time, I know I have to be aggressive, you know, kind of set a precedent early of, of how I'm going to race. Um, but at the same time, you know, we have a lot of Chevrolets up front, a little bit less this week than we did last week, and that definitely makes things a little more, you know, carefree for in a sense. But, but yeah, our cars are, are really good, and hopefully me and Austin can kind of just get out front and, and set the pace. And I think when we have, you know, two RCR cars out front that we can kind of hopefully sting up the show for the first, you know, 40 laps or however many the first stages. I think it's 60. All right. Additional questions? Chris, do you have a question? Yeah, Chris, I catch on.com. Congrats, Jesse. Uh, you never been to Atlanta before, so what do you expect for tomorrow and how are you preparing for it? Have you talked to Austin or, you know, how have you been preparing for this weekend? Yeah, good seeing you. Um, I'd say I've done a lot of prep. Um, I try not to overthink things. Uh, when Jesse thinks, it's not normally a good thing. So I try to just kind of go by the seat of my, my pants, kind of have that uh, that sprint car mindset, really. And even in the pavement world, I think helps me execute better and, and make good decisions. But at the same time, um, you know, Austin has been the best teammate that I've ever had to work with so far. Um, and with that, you know, he answers a lot of questions that, I now know the answer to that I wouldn't, you know, I'd have to go learn that on the racetrack. So I feel like I have a really good uh, mindset going in tomorrow. It's a little bit more pulled back than I was at Daytona where I was just going to go try to lead every lap. Um, I think this time 
just again knowing how fast RCR guys build their car that I can take my time a little bit more. So I know that you know how this place races just by watching it. I'm not going to know how it's going to feel until tomorrow in the pack. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I think our cars are are going to be good enough to where I can kind of move around and, and make some decisions when I need to go, you know, make some ground up. But uh, for that first day, just about, you know, kind of keeping track position and um, hopefully, you know, we have a good bit of Chevys up front to where we can all kind of, you know, just, I guess, play nice, right? Um, you know, the end of stage two or stage one uh, racing with Austin at Daytona, I learned a lot um, of just, you know, how to manage my run and my side drafting and things like that. And everything at Daytona, you got to be more aggressive with here because uh, the lines move quicker and runs come quicker and there's more off-throttle time, right? So at the same time, it, it is going to be a little bit co more, you know, cooler out tomorrow than, than I kind of anticipated. So I think the pack's going to be a little bit tighter and you're going to see, like, the bottom work a little bit less uh, than it would if it was hot just because you can't really squirt through the middle or the bottom on guys that are that are wide open when their car's handling really well. So... Um, yeah, tomorrow just hopefully win the first stage, and then I'll lose my track position, obviously, by guys short paying the stage. And then after that, I'll probably take my time and, and learn for a while and then uh, be aggressive when I know what I got. And then uh, your buddy Daniel Dye won his first truck series poll earlier in the day. You had us chuckling here by calling him Dan, uh, Danny Dimes. So is that a nickname that you gave, a, gave him or can you give us funny. a story? We got a little group chat going. Um, it's called OG for some reason. I have no idea why. Um, but, yeah, it's like me, Daniel, uh, Jonathan, Josh Jones, his son, Jonathan, Brent Cruz, and Connor Zilich. And, and I, was, I was so pumped for Daniel. He, he deserves it. He's working really hard this year, um, and he wants it really bad. He's such a good kid and uh, one of my closer friends. So uh, to see his hard work paying off is, is really awesome, and hopefully tomorrow night he can, he can keep his Chevrolet out front. No, sorry. So that's the whole point of the question. I forgot to answer. Um, so he just all of a sudden uh, just called himself Danny Dimes. And I said, okay, bud, self-proclaimed nickname, I'll go along with it. But, uh, but you no, know, we got a few golfing nicknames I give him. And uh, he loves poker, so I got him some poker nicknames. I call him the fish sometimes and things like that. But he wouldn't like if I said that. But, um, but no, congrats to him. Uh, hopefully the uh, cup cars are going to have another Chevy 123 again. Um, and that'd be great. Okay, we'll go to Lee. Lee Spencer, CatchFence.com, congratulations. What has Danny Stockman been able to impress upon you in your, you know, basically debut season in Xfinity? Because he's got a wealth of knowledge. I'm just wondering, you know, what is your big takeaway from Danny? Yeah, I'm going to try to make this shorter because I can talk about Danny for, for a long time. Um, anybody that knows him knows how good he is. Uh, anybody that knows him knows how high-strung he can be because he's so intense, right? And I think his intensity just kind of, you know, woke up part of the shop. Um, and he built a really great team around this two-car. And, again, like these first, you know, we're wide open around here, right? Like there's very little that the driver can do. Um, and I say that because, you know, it speaks, you know, tons to how good our cars are and, and how good uh, Danny is at, at building fast race cars. So there are small things that Cruz can do right now to, to make speed. And I, the funny thing is he's being a little bit conservative right now, I feel like. He still has more in the tank, and he's just he's awesome. I, I love Danny. He's He's been awesome to me. And all the guys on our team, it's not just Danny, right? It's Bug, it's Chris Bass, and Don John, and Pop Top. All those guys on that team are, are working so hard, especially this week with, with how short of a week we had. So... 
Um, Danny's been great, and I'm looking forward to uh, having a bad night one night to see how he reacts to that. We we react pretty much the same. So, um, you know, things the off season was was as positive and and productive as it could have been. Um, and I think we both, you know, deal with adversity the same. So he's been great. I'm looking forward to, you know, getting through the season and hopefully getting some wins with him. All right. Anybody else? All right. Congratulations, Jesse. Best of luck tomorrow. All right, Jesse Love. Doing what he's going to do a lot of in the future, guys. Uh, Bakersfield, California kid who is uh, – Got a good shoe for racing. So uh, Austin Hill wins three straight Xfinity races in Daytona. Moves on up to uh, Atlanta. Grabs another victory. Two straight wins in the 2024 season for RCR. Kind of look for that 21 someday to maybe move and change into a number three. Guys, hometown boy of uh, Georgia. Winning again, two straight. If I'm not mistaken, it may be three straight wins at uh, Atlanta. So, uh, Austin Hill. Now joined by today's race winner for the Raptor King of Tough 250 in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, Austin Hill, who joins the likes of Dale Earnhardt, Chad Little, and Tony Stewart to win the first two races of the NASCAR Xfinity Series season. Austin, walk us through the finish from your perspective. Oh man, it was it was a wild finish. Obviously, um, everybody was really tight on fuel on the restart zone. Bottom wasn't working for me all day, so I'm like, man, I'm just gonna go run top and at least help my teammate. You know, if I can't win it, let the two win. And it was so hard to f- pass, obviously. So um, I wasn't really expecting to get much of a run and have a shot at winning. I just kind of had it in my head, like, hey, okay, we're just going to try to get a top five here, have a good points day, get out of here. And, you know, obviously we go through the restart zone, the 48, start sputtering. Um, and then right when we get to start finish line, I notice the two pull down. Right when he did, I'm like, oh, this is my chance to, like, I don't want to keep pushing the 19. I want to get beside him and try to race him. And when I did, I was not expecting the 81 to go with me, and he did. And uh, we both got cleared. And then from then on, it was just the same thing that Jesse Love did an excellent job of all day, and that was just controlling the runs, not getting too far out. And when we took the white, I just knew that I had to keep my gap um, because it was so hard to make runs happen today. And off of two, he kind of air pushed me out. And right when he did – I just went flat out, and I was like, hey, I'm just going to run shortest distance back to the line and, and hope it's enough, and, and sure enough, it was. We sputtered a little bit right when we got to start finish line, so right when I got to start finish line, I shifted. It sputtered. The 81 hit me, and then I got the um, the fuel back in the pickup, so uh, that could have been bad, obviously, but uh, we had enough fuel to, to make it through and do a burnout. <laughs> That's cool. Well, we're going to go ahead and open the floor for questions. We're going to start here with Jacob. Jacob Zillman, Race Face Digital. Um, first question, obvious question, where did you find six extra laps of fuel that nobody else found? Yeah, that is a really good question. So part of it is just my, my team being badasses. I mean, they they were hounding me as soon as we got in line and we were running fifth or sixth, whatever it was there, uh, save fuel, save fuel. So I started running like half throttle, quarter throttle, like was not trying to make no runs happen, trying not to pull out a line. 
and obviously I knew that the two being out front, he was trying to save as well, but you can't save as much when you're the mm-hmm. leader. I mean, you have to run wide open sometimes to tow the line around. And so I just started saving, and then there was a, a moment where they're like, hey, we need you to save five more laps. So I save, and then they're like, okay, well, we should be good to the finish. Well, I went ahead and just put some in the reserve tank. I went ahead and saved another five to eight laps on top of what they told me to do just in case we did have overtime, we did have green-white checker, that type of stuff. And I noticed that my fuel pressure was, like, flashing red right before we went back green, and I sloshed it really good before coming to the restart zone, got it up to the number that we're supposed to be. And then, when it, like I said, when it sputtered, when I shifted, I, I thought that we were done. And then something about when the 81 hit me, it, like, gained fuel in the pickup, and then we ran the rest of the time uh, rest of the laps with fuel in it and uh, still had fuel in it to do the burnout, pull it to victory lane, didn't run out or anything. So uh, I'll be interested to see how much fuel we have left. And as happy as I know you always are to get a trophy, celebrate in victory lane, is it a little bit bittersweet knowing just how good the two was, how dominant Jesse was, and it looked like maybe tonight was going to be his night? Yeah, I mean, for him to have be his second race, as a rookie in the Xfinity Series, he did a hell of a job. I mean, there's nothing that he did wrong all night. Um, we had that restart where him, the double zero, and I were on the bottom. He cleared up, got to the lead from the bottom, which was hard to do all night. Uh, I think having a Ford behind him helped. It seems like the Fords can always break the bubble and push really, really well for some reason. Uh, so, obviously, when he got the lead, he managed his gaps just the way that I would. Um, didn't let anybody get any runs. So, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. When I went across, across the start-finish line, I was like, had mixed emotions. I'm like excited, a little pissed off with how the race went. You know, it was hard to pass, and guys didn't want to pull out of line. I know their stuff's driving bad, but, like, guys were just not trying to make runs happen, not trying to pull out of line. So I was honestly, if anyone listened to my radio, I was frustrated all night long. But um, we were there when it mattered and when it counted the most, and uh, we're here in victory lane. Go next to Reed and then to Jim. Uh, Reed Spencer with NASCAR Wire. Were you surprised at all that both in the truck race and the Xfinity race that the bottom lane just did not work? Yes and no. I mean, we had a lot of talks with uh, my trainer, Josh Wise, in our pre-race about how this track's aged another year and that, you know, there's a possibility that the bottom's going to kind of diminish pretty quickly. And I noticed it. I mean, during stage one, it happened right away where nobody could stay tight to each other on the bottom. Uh, Everybody's cars was driving bad. Even my car was driving bad, but I thought my car was still driving better than most. Um, But when you would be really tight with somebody on entry on the bottom, you had the the air off the side, but then you had the air in front of you, and you would almost feel like the splitter would pop up. You'd lose all four. It was almost like a four-wheel slide, basically, and you'd, like, slide in the corner, and it would take a second for it to land. And once you got kind of landed and into the corner, then then you gain grip again. But you had to give a gap on entry, and having to give up that gap just hurt the bottom lane. So um, I knew early in the race that it was going to struggle, that it was going to be hard to pass all night. But I still, I was like, hey, I'm going to try stuff. Nobody else was trying nothing. I'm like, I'm just going to pull out a line and see what works, what doesn't work. I learned a lot during stage one, and I learned a a decent amount in stage two. Um, None of the stuff I learned really applied to that green-white checkered finish, um, but it was just one of those things that it was super hard to pass tonight, very frustrating, 
and I really hope that when we come back here and it's hotter, that the race unfolds a little differently. We'll go to Jim, then the Lee. Jim com. Austin, why do you think, I mean, just your opinion, but why do you think that was, that nobody was willing to do what you were doing and take chances? Uh, I wish I could tell you. I mean, I like I said, if anybody wanted to cue into my radio communication, it wasn't very pretty at times, but... Um, I was very frustrated. I'm like, look, like we have nothing to lose. Like, okay, what are you going to lose? Five, six spots, and you're going to get back in line and get tell the field. Like, I, I was very surprised at how many people just were okay with riding around and running the top and running tenth or running fifteenth or whatever the case may be. And uh, the only reason I decided to ride there towards the end of the race when I was running like fifth or whatever it was, that was to save fuel. It was, there was no other rhyme or reason. I would have tried to make runs happen. I would have tried to you know, push the 48 up to where the 19 was and us get a run and drive around the Toyota and get back in line or something. But it was kind of risk versus reward at that point because it's like, hey, we got to save fuel in case there's a caution. So, um, yeah, I, I can't really tell you why people wasn't pulling out a lot. I don't know if their stuff just wasn't driving as good as mine was, and that's the reason for what it was. But um, super frustrating. I mean, I'm like on the radio yelling like, hey, let's pull out a line. Let's do something. Let's try to make runs happen and no nobody i mean the 48 went with me a lot so I, I appreciate him trying but for the most part nobody would pull out a line and I, I can't really put my finger on why that is and uh as kind of follow up um winning the uh two straight races to start the season put you in elite company but also put you in a very good position to start the season uh how, how do you think it what does it do for you guys looking forward uh, we're we're not letting up. I mean, we're going to keep our throats on everybody's neck if we can. Uh, Vegas is a very good racetrack for me statistically. Um, you know, we won, won there last year in the Xfinity car. I've won there a time or two in the uh, trucks. And I've always ran well there. You know, my stats show it. And so that's one of my best mile and a half. I love that place, just the way that the the race unfolds. You can really wrap the line. It kind of reminds me of old Atlanta where – really wrapping the line and running really low off the corner benefits you on the long run. And that's something that I tend to feel like I do well at, you know, I feel like I do a better job of, you know, um, bottom feeding is what they call it instead of running and ripping the fence. So um, I'm super excited to go to Vegas. I think that we have a really good shot. If we unload the way that we should unload, we have a good shot of going three for three, but it's so hard to win these races. So um, you can't get cocky. You can't get arrogant. I mean, you got to be, you got to be, you know, open-minded that like, hey, it might not be your day. We might go run 15th all day, but um, we are in a good position, like you said. We won two races, and we're going to try to stay aggressive all year. Lee Spencer, CatchFence.com. You're 10 years old when Harvick left. You probably don't remember the glory days of RCR, but is it starting to feel like something special is building there with what you've been able to do? That's the first time RCR went, you know, won the first two races of a season. You can see Jesse, I mean, you spoke to us. You think his future's bright. Kyle Busch is, you know, he's still there. You're probably going to be in Cup in a couple of years. What, what are your expectations for this team? Our expectation is for the two and the 21 to make the playoffs and both of us have a shot at making the Final Four and one of us winning the championship. I, I truly believe that. After seeing what Jesse did today, I know that this racetrack is super speedway and all that, but um, he has his head on straight. It's not like he's 
making dumb decisions, dumb moves. Like he's doing the right things right for him to be his age. He's very mature when it comes to strapping in a race car. So I think him and I are going to work very well together. I think that uh, we're going to just keep making this team better. Uh, it's been great having Danny Stockman over here on the two team. I think it's kind of elevated the 21 team and the two team, and it's it's just elevated both teams together. Uh, everyone's working extremely hard. There, you you almost have a little bit of a a battle in between, you know, inside the organization with RCR. Like the twos want to do better than the 21. 21s want to do better, better than the two. Hell, hell, the 21 team was pissed off that we got out qualified and we qualified second. So like you almost have that like internal competition going on, and all I think that does is make the team better um, in the long run. So. I expect us to have a big year. I expect the two team to have a big year. I expect Jesse Love to win some races. So uh, even though he's a rookie, I, I think that he can do it. Um, now it's going to be a lot different when he goes to these mile and a half and these short tracks. Like it's going to be a lot different. These Xfinity cars are going to drive different than the way they have these last two weekends. But um, he just he's willing to learn, which I love. I mean he's 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 big on on wanting to learn. So I think that uh, you know him and I are going to work really well together the rest of the season. We're going to go next to Stephen and then to Matt. Stephen Toronto, CBS Sports. Austin, I think back to June of 2020 when you were so gutted that you missed out on an opportunity to win a truck series race here. And then to July of 2022 when you were so amped to win your first Xfinity race here. To have won three races in Atlanta, you know, how do you process that and you know, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it's so awesome to win here in Atlanta. I mean, I grew up racing Bandoleras, Legend Cars. That's where I cut my teeth at. Um, all you know, grew up in in Georgia, an hour from here. You know, lived just an hour down the road. We came and made thousands and thousands of laps around this place in a Bandolera Legend car, and um, that's where I, I learned to race. That's the way where I learned to you know, drive a race car and, and do the things that I do today. Um, all of that stays with you as you get older. So um, for it to come full circle and to have, sit here and say that I have three wins at Atlanta where I grew up racing and I have so many wins on that little quarter mile racetrack out front um, means the world to me. It means the world, I'm sure it means the world to me, my family, everyone that's here today. I mean, we have aunts, uncles, cousins. We have everyone here today uh, celebrating this victory. So, uh it's so special. And it's funny that you mentioned the quarter mile because I can remember being here last year and Joey Logano talking about the very same track and the very same thing after he won the cup race. Uh, just for just for reference, how many uh, drivers that you raced on the quarter mile here uh, have you raced against in NASCAR and you race against now? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, quite a few. I, I can't put my you know thumb you know I can't put my finger on like what the number is, but quite a few guys that have raced out here on this front stretch on the quarter mile that uh, have went on to be very successful in the NASCAR world, uh, whether it's trucks, Xfinity Cups. So, um, so yeah, I mean, doing what, what they do here at Atlanta River Speedway with Vandalers and Legend Cars is great. Um, you know, I think that that's where you kind of, where your stomping grounds are and where you learn to drive a race car. The Legend Cars, I think, have always been one of the hardest things to drive um, for me. And, you know, I've, I've always felt like anyone that can drive a legend car really well and win a lot of races doing it um, can also do the same thing in all these other levels. So, um, yeah, it's just so cool. It was also it was also awesome after, you know, doing the burnout, celebrating all that. I kind of like 
I wanted to make a full lap on the quarter mile, but there was cars down here in three and four, so I kind of just made made a lap through one and two. So it was really cool to do that. It brought back a lot of memories. Very nice. Thanks, Austin. Thank you. Go to the back to Matt. Straight ahead. Matt Weaver, Sports Night. I'm sure you've been asked this in kind of a, a different way, but I want to frame it differently. Um, Riley felt like he was good. He felt like Jesse was good. And Riley told me that he decided to start pressing Jesse to try to run him out. And Parker said that he was trying to force those guys to run out, and that kind of run, ran him out too. So I'm curious, when you're kind of in that mix, how much – are you aware of the intensity picking up, and, and was was tonight a matter of just staying disciplined and committed to the plan? Yeah, I, honestly, I wasn't aware of anybody else's fuel at, at the time of green flag. Now, once the caution came out, we start talking about it. They start telling me, like, hey, this guy's short, this guy's short, this guy's going to be close, whatever. Um, but we were just doing our deal. I, I was not even worried about the guys around me. I just knew that the nine kept laying off of me, and I knew the 48 kept laying off towards the end of the race and uh, trying to get a run, obviously. And I just kept running my race. I kept running half throttle, sometimes quarter throttle on entry, sometimes almost 100% out of the throttle and, like, dragging on the brake to not run the guys over. And uh, I knew there was some games that were being played up front. Um, I knew the 98 looked like he was pressing pretty hard. He was, like, on the back bumper of the two pretty hard. So I knew there was some stuff going on, but we never really relayed it back and forth. Um, I kind of I, I have this like memory bank is what I call it. I kind of put stuff in the memory bank uh, throughout the race, and I was kind of putting some stuff in my memory bank as we were running, you know, single file. Like, okay, this guy's doing this, this guy's doing this, uh, this guy's getting a run. You know, the 48 was trying to make a run, but he was doing some runs at the wrong time. I'm not going to say at the wrong time. It's just when I would get to him and we would catch the 19, I don't think that we were catching him at the right moment. So. There was a lot of stuff that was going on, like a lot of mental games that were going on, and then it just came down to fuel at the end of it, obviously, and we had enough fuel. We made the right move to go middle right there on the green-white checkered, and then it was watching the mirror and hope I don't run out at that point. Just fingers crossed. Yep. Do we have any additional questions for our race winner? Well, Austin, congratulations on the win. Good luck next week at Las Thank Vegas. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, Austin Hill bringing it home. A hometown boy from Atlanta brings it home again. So uh, fast forward to Sunday. Uh, well, let's get uh, the pole winner out of the place. Uh, Michael McDowell had a fast car all day, guys. I'm telling you, on Sunday, deserved to be part of that. Uh, he. I would have thought he would have been one of the three racing for the championship. So uh, let's jump on here with Michael McDowell. Good afternoon, everyone. We're going to go ahead and move to our Bushlight Poll winning press conference with our poll sitter for tomorrow's Am Better Health 400 here at Atlanta Motor Speedway, which is Michael McDowell, driver of the number 34 Front Row Motorsports Ford. Michael, this is your first poll. Um, and you kind of traded spots with Joey Logano from last week. You guys have been the front row for the last two weeks, so um, a little bit of a coincidence there. But congratulations to you today for winning the poll. Um, tell us a little bit about that lap. Yeah, it's um, 
I don't think it's too much of a coincidence, um, and I say that just because, you know, with both qualifying sessions being a super speedway and super speedway package, we sort of knew coming from Daytona that we were going to have good speed because we showed good speed at Daytona. Um, and so not a huge surprise, but um, really cool. I mean, it's awesome to for everybody, you know, the men and women at front row to, you know, come here, sit on the pole, go to Daytona, sit on the front row. A uh, big couple weeks showing a lot of speed, so really proud of everybody. Um, yes, it is for sure my first career pole in the Cup Series. I'm proud of that, uh, but at the same time, it's more of a testament to the team. I mean, uh, this qualifying session, you have to execute everything perfectly, but at the same time, um, you know, having a fast race car is what it's all about, so really proud of my guys. Well, congratulations. We'll go ahead and go to media for questions. We have a couple hands already raised. We'll go to Jonathan and then ja or Jacob, then Jonathan. That's fine. Thank you, guys. Turn it on. Turn it on. There, you go. there we go. <laughs> no sound. Jacob's doing race face digital. Uh, is there a little bit of ribbing, maybe, that Joey nipped you last week and <laughs> you get to nip him back this time around? Uh, yeah, no, that's fun. Um, you know, obviously it was close last week. It was close again this week. And, um, you know, I think that it's fun. It's fun to be able to, you know, after qualifying, we were able to announce our you know, our partnership and alliance, uh, obviously, with Ford Performance and, and as well as Team Penske. So to have both cars on on the front row again for the second time is uh, pretty cool. And um, it's definitely a testament to, you know, everybody at Ford Performance on this new dark horse. I mean, it's obviously got a tremendous amount of speed. We got to show that in the race for a little while last week, but didn't get to finish it at the end, right? Um, but feel like this, this race tomorrow will, will be um, a little bit different than the Daytona race. I think you'll have more control from the front and hopefully a little less chaotic at times, but um, you know, it's still going to be a really tough race. But it's all about getting to the finish. Qualifying well is fun, and it's, it's fun today, but uh, it doesn't count too much for tomorrow. you got to go out there and, and make it count. So. Um, and for us, more than anything, we need to score some points. You know, obviously having the issues that we had at Daytona uh, put us behind, so we need to go out there and try to win the race. And if we can't win the race, score a lot of points um, and not fall too far behind early in the season because it's hard to make it up. You've been with Bob a long time now. Uh, is this the trajectory that you guys have always talked about eventually being able to get to with this team? Well, you always hope and you always are, are striving for that. Um, I think until it started to look more like a reality a few years ago that it was possible that it got everybody re-motivated to, you know, for Bob more than anything, just to continue to invest and continue to um, help us grow the race team and the program. And, you know, for a while there, you were in that spot where, you know, with the old car, I don't think you could ever catch up. Even if you dumped a bunch of money into it, you know, the big teams were developing at such a fast rate that even if you made gains, you still weren't really closing the gap. And so, you know, I, I feel like this next-gen car allowed us to close that gap, and that also allowed Bob and the team and everybody, the partners, to see that we can do this. We just need a little bit more tools, a little bit more resources to keep it up. So it was kind of a combination of, uh, of things, but this is what I've always dreamed of. Um, I, I can't speak for Bob. I think Bob's, you know, thrilled with the performance that we've had, and he's obviously spent a tremendous amount of money in this sport um, with the hopes to one day be here. And so, yeah, you know, we still we still have a lot of work to do, and we still have a long way to go. And, um, you know, I try not to let the highs be too highs and the lows be too lows because this sport will eat you up and spit you out in a, in a matter of weeks, right? So 
uh, we'll enjoy the moment today, but get prepared for tomorrow and, and try to execute everything as best we can. All right, we're going to go Bob and then Lee. Oh, did you have another question? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, John, the field, the racing experts, uh, you know, the Sunday is going to be start number 467 in the Cup Series for you. I mean, just a being lot. In, that's a lot, yeah. <laughs> being able to earn your first pole, I mean, just where everything is, just kind of talk about that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the first eight years of my career were rough, right? So I'm enjoying it now, having fast race cars and a great team behind me and being able to have results like this, you know, top fives, top tens, winning Indy last year. So it's been fun. The last few years have been great. It's been very rewarding. Um, and But at the same time, it's motivating too, right, because I'm not getting any younger. And I don't want to say I'm running out of time because I still have a lot of time. But ten years were, I don't want to say wasted because they were obviously served their purpose, but I'm, I have a lot of catching up to do. And uh, now's the time to start catching up on, on all those areas where, where I couldn't early on in my career. So, you know, just motivating to make the most of the opportunity we have in front of us because, like, right now today we have fast cars. And that's not a guarantee six months from now. And that's not a guarantee 12 months from now. And so I know that because I've lived the other side for a long time, right? So it's making the most of the opportunity that we have right in front of us right now because right now we're in the game and, and have something for them. All right, now Bob, and then uh, Bob Cocker's Fox Sports. Is this a is this a, a sign of the effectiveness of the front row Penske relationship, or is it too early really to say this is, or I guess is this a product of that relationship, or is this, or have you not even really started that relationship to say it, this is a product of it? Yes, everything you said, I would agree with. Uh, <laughs> it's we aren't there yet with how young and early this relationship is to where we're able to click on on every piece of information that's going back and forth and builds and all those things. Um, so I think we definitely have gained um, some very helpful things that have allowed us to increase the performance, but um, I don't think we'll see the true results of what that looks like until we get a few more months in, down the road. I mean, right now we're just literally trying to figure out the internet and tooling <laughs> so um i don't want to paint this picture that um you know these last two weeks have have been just because of this potential alliance it's it's really the hard work of everybody at front row i think it's definitely helped um, but i know for sure going forward and going into the future for years to come that this is going to be a, a really important part of ford performance and and our team as well as team penske all right hey, spencer catch fence um I talked to young Master Gilliland just a few minutes ago, and he, he thought he could already see changes. I was going to ask Bob's question, but he was already starting to see things filter in. And, yeah. you know, he feels like he's already benefiting from it. Do you feel, though, like you, you're already getting something from it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I don't want to paint a bad picture. We are definitely getting stuff from it, but we've had a change of a lot of our procedures and a lot of our processes, which is slowed down a lot of things for us at the shop just like anything new right it's like moving into a new house right it's like yes it's nice and it's clean and it's awesome and it's going to be great but right now i have 56 boxes sitting in the living room and i don't know where my underwear are that's a little bit what we're faced with right now it's going to be good and it's going to get better um but so such a late start has made it to where we are we are drinking from a fire hose and trying to to maximize what we can, especially these first five weeks, 
and then hopefully be up to speed with everything and, and procedures and processes to maximize it. With the gains that you have made over the last couple of years, though, do you feel that this might be the missing piece that, that you've really needed at front row to take you? I mean, you've won races, right? I mean, it was almost, you know, hard to say if that was going to happen prior to that. But, I mean, everything just seems to be a step forward for this organization. For sure. You're benefiting from it. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, being um, – our strength in relationship with Ford Performance and being a, uh, I don't even know what the technical word is, tier one, A program, whatever you want to call it, is definitely a big part of this relationship going forward. And, and that information um, is definitely helpful for us to continue to, you know, be at a top level like we think we will be. And so, yes, it's, it's going to be good for us. And we are seeing some of the results of that. And, um, I believe that this is what we needed to do, not only to be a championship contender, but to win more than a race, right? I've been talking about it for a little while. Like, you're not going to you're not gonna sustain a race team and a career off of onesies every now and then. We're going to have to win multiple races in a season to really compete and contend, and this is what needed to happen for us to be able to do that. All right, Michael, congratulations yes, again. Thank you. We Appreciate wish you the best it. of luck tomorrow. We're going to go ahead and get started here with um, our post race press conferences. We've now been joined by our race winning crew chief, Matt Srodinski. I don't think I pronounced that perfectly, but okay. Go ahead and say your last name, though, so they know exactly how it's pronounced. Swiderski. Thank you, Swiderski. We'll work Squid. on that. I will work on that before we see you again in this. Um, <clears throat> format here, but obviously Daniel won the Ambetter Health 400 today at Land Motor Speedway. Three wide finish. Congratulations. Um, this is your third Cup Series win from the crew chief position, but the first one with this team and this organization. Tell us a little bit about um, your view from the pit box and, and really what it means to go ahead and get the 99 in victory lane so early in the season. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I knew that going to track house eventually we'd, we'd win together um i didn't know it would happen this quickly but um you know we were on pit road repairing damage on lap two so uh, just incredibly proud of of the group of people that we have put together at track house and able to recover from that and uh, be in the position to win and, and then actually execute the win all right we'll go ahead for questions i know we have a few we'll go ahead and get started we will start with jim utter and then go to bob Jim Utter, motorsport.com. Uh, congratulations, Matt. Two questions. One, could you take us a little bit about how you got from lap two accident into position to win, and then a little bit about how you saw the last lap develop? Yeah, so, um, I mean, we were barely settled in on the pit box when we were going straight into damage repair mode. Um, and the first time we repaired the damage, the tape started flying up and um, had to get some more pictures of it and come up with another plan and had to work on it again at the stage. But uh, everybody kept their, kept their heads in it and stayed calm and um, were able to get the car back to where we felt we were pretty decent and could be competitive. Um, as far as the, the final lap, uh, we'd been, uh, we've been taking time with uh, Frankie, our spotter, and Daniel and myself each week to review film, and we watch the whole race together in the same room so we can talk about it and talk about different moves. So 
uh, it's something that I knew Frankie knew how to coach him through, and so I was able to kind of just sit back and, and enjoy it and watch and uh, felt like it was going to be really close, which it was, and uh, glad we came out on top. All right, Bob? Bob Parker's Fox Sports. What does this win you think do for Daniel? I mean, you talk about a guy who, you know, seems like there's so many drivers at, at track house and a lot of people felt like he needed to win and not just and not on a road course to maybe prove him himself yeah thank you um so this year coming in and starting to work with daniel he's been extremely confident um and very positive about this year um so i think he believed that we would get here um, but to get this out of the way early um i think it allows him to relax a little bit but uh, really start to focus on the playoffs. So it's huge for him. It's huge for the whole team. Um, I think it, you know, proves to him if he had any doubts in the back of his head, back of his head that he didn't belong, those should all be gone now because he he definitely belongs and he can run with these guys. All right, Lee. LeeSpencerCatchFence.com. I talked to Ross in Victory Lane after the race, and he said that. Daniel never gave up last year. He just kept working, and he outworked him, and he worked so hard that it made Ross want to work harder. Do you get that sense that they just push each other, you know, one does well and then pushes the other, and it's just making the whole organization better? Absolutely. It's uh, it's impressive across all levels how um, between Phil and myself at the crew chief level or Daniel and Ross at driver level or all the engineers uh, continually push each other. Um, but, you know, there's no secrets between any of, of the teams. Everybody works works together, shares all the information, and it's uh, it's really impressive to see uh, how, how well they work together and how they continue to push each other forward. All right, our next question will go to, come up from here to Jacob and then Jonathan. Jacob Stillman, Race Face Digital. Matt, uh, you've worked with a handful of drivers, had a couple of wins I know before with AJ. What has the dynamic been like or how has it been different for you working with Daniel than some of the other guys you've worked with um, in Cup when you were at Colleague? Um, so I spend a lot of time with AJ, so Daniel's definitely more calm. Um, I'm sure at some point he will yell at me, uh, but so far we, we haven't had that yet. But um, I've just been really impressed with how hard Daniel works, how he, he really focuses on his craft. Um, when we have our meetings every week or go to the simulator, he comes in prepared. He has questions. Um, it's just really impressive. He, he really wants to be at the top of this series and, and puts in the effort to get there. All right, Jonathan, go ahead. Jonathan Field, the racing experts. You know, drivers are talking about changing conditions, a lot of you know air movement in the pack. What was it like? I mean, just on the box, the challenge of trying to keep up with all that. Yeah, the uh, I mean, one of the big challenges is uh, it was so different if you were out front versus uh, back in 20th or so, um, and knowing that the way the race the race cycle, then you would spend time uh, flip-flopped one way or the other. It's really tough to find the balance for both. So that was a challenge to uh, to make sure we had the balance right at the end um, with all hey, the fuel-only stops. I don't know and, what this is all about. You don't have a whole lot of opportunity Itchy to work on it even being a 400-mile race. Um, so just being uh, precise on the, the few changes we had to make sure that if we were out front at the end, the balance would be what he needed was the challenge. All right, our next question. 
We'll go to Dustin Long and Matt Weaver, and then Charles will get you a mic as well. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. I don't want to take away from this moment, uh, but obviously they don't. The, the sport doesn't stop. There's another race in a week. Um, because the super speedway racing is so hard to kind of tell things, what are you curious to see starting next week at Las Vegas once, um, I'm not going to say the real season begins, but you get a little bit more of a better handle of things? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a weird year having these back-to-back -back super speedway kind of unique races. So uh, with Fords and Toyotas having updates this year, it, I mean, we're, we're all curious to see what we have when we unload it. Um, at Vegas, and then when we go to Phoenix and have a, a new arrow package to work with, that's a, another curveball for us. So um, right now, nobody really knows what they have. So uh, you know, we've been spending a lot of time on the simulator working through it. But it, until we get some real life data, it, it's uh, we'll all find out together on lap one, I guess. All right, Matt. Matt Weaver, Sports Knot. Uh, I'm curious, like in the 30 or 40 seconds that NASCAR took to formally make the decision. Timing and scoring showed that you guys won. So did you know, or what was that 40-second period like for you? Um, I saw on TV and timing and scoring that we had won, so I, was, I wasn't going to accept anything different. I was convinced myself. Um, when they showed the first slow-motion videos, it started to come up. I started to get a little bit of doubt, and the angle they had, it, it didn't look great. Um, but when they finally uh, froze it there and showed it, I felt fairly confident that we had it. So. Um, I don't know why. Sometimes I'm a bit of a pessimist, so I w I'm surprised that I was optimistic that we won that one. And then one more for me. Um, in talking to all the other guys who were involved in that finish, every single one of them added at one point, I'm so happy for Daniel. And what have you noticed in working with Daniel that makes everyone, even rival teams, kind of root for him? Uh, I think two main reasons. One is he's an incredibly nice guy. He's, he's friendly with everybody. I think he's well-liked around the garage. and. Um, and then number two, I think everybody sees the work he's putting in, um, and you know, from from their perspective, people like when they see that hard work pays off. So, I think that's the uh, the added uh, benefit to his personality that everybody seems to uh, latch on to. All right, Charles, go ahead. Charles, I'm with Associated Press. You you mentioned uh, having to go into immediate damage control, and then take some pictures and formulate a plan. What was the damage, and, and what was the difference in the car after you were able to get back into it after this stage? Uh, so the biggest issue we had.